Minnesota traveling on the road to Keenan Stadium and taking on the North Carolina Tar Heels is one of the many embodiments of college football's beauty. This matchup has never occurred before, never in the history of college football. For the first time in college football history, in 2023, over 100 years after the sport was invented and played, there will be a matchup that has never happened before, a combination that has never been cycled through in Minnesota and the Golden Gophers taking on North Carolina and the Tar Heels. This is awesome. This is what college football is all about. Having never-before-seen matchups, whether that's with the teams and the names and the logos, or whether that's with the rosters. For example, Texas, where Mac Brown used to coach after he left his first stint at North Carolina, Texas has only played Minnesota once in 1936. If they met yet again, let's say next year or maybe this year in postseason play, if Texas chokes for two or three times and Minnesota excels and upsets Michigan or Ohio State, which that combination is nearly impossible, yet again, the fact that this is a first-time matchup is just all the combinations, the numbers, being an analytics guy, this is awesome. This makes my mind melt. This makes my heart beat quickly in a good way, not in a way that I have an unhealthy heart. This is just really good. Um, both of these teams have questions, but they're both 2-0. and North Carolina has recruited extremely well. They've recruited at an elite level. Now their recruiting is falling off a little bit. A good year this season and some phenomenal play could maybe get their recruiting up or at least give them momentum in the 2025 cycle, which is important for a program like North Carolina, who in 2020, 2021, um, some in 2022, and even some in 2023 have picked this team to contend for the ACC, they are going to need that talent to compete for the ACC. And in my opinion, better coaching staff members. So a win here is important for the Tar Heels. More importantly, of course, winning an ACC play. But I think Minnesota being a Big Ten team who might be a more physical team than anyone in the ACC except for Florida State and maybe Miami. But I think on a physicality and trench play level, the Gophers could contend with those two teams. This is a good test for Mac Brown and for North Carolina. And for Minnesota, P.J. Fleck would tell you they recruit at an elite level, and he does an elite job at scouting out diamonds in the rough and three stars who have untapped potential Realistically, though, his recruiting on an objective scale and when looking at blue chip talent has not been impressive, but he does more with less. As he is a Big Ten coach, I would like to make a Big Ten analogy with P.J. Fleck, and I think the closest analogy would be Mark D'Antonio, although Mark D'Antonio at some point was able to break through and would beat the teams he should beat and then some. We have not seen P.J. Fleck yet cross the moment where there aren't inexplicable losses and as an underdog against teams with superior talent, he wins. But I am confident that Fleck has that potential within him 
And to his credit, also to D'Antonio's credit, even though Michigan State didn't give D'Antonio as much resources as they did Tucker, which was a mistake, Minnesota does not have the same resources that even Michigan State has. That would be a lie if I said otherwise. So programs that are different, Minnesota being in the Big Ten, they love trench play. They love running a very traditional offense that has some creativity, but basically has a two-word phrase, smash mouth football. That's the motto of Minnesota. They love defense, especially pass defense, but this year they're improving at pass rush. Run stop is an area where they have questions. They have a better defensive coordinator than an offensive coordinator. Joe Rossi is better than Greg Harbaugh and Matt Simon, in my opinion. And they have a coach who, while he's not an elite recruiter and isn't inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame, I think is very underrated. Meanwhile, North Carolina is opposite in a lot of these categories. North Carolina is in the ACC. Didn't even mention this when talking about Minnesota a few seconds ago, but the Big Ten is the fastest growing college football conference. They're adding four members in 2024, and they will have 18 teams more than any other Power Five conference or conference period amen in Division I FBS. They have the most lucrative TV deal right now. And in my opinion, in adding USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington, they will become the college football conference with the highest ceiling. And that's in spite of the fact that they still won't have the best recruiting grounds, which are in Texas and most southern states and most states south of the Mason-Dixon line. They still will not have avenues into those recruiting grounds. They will California, but in Washington and Ohio and Pennsylvania, Maryland, and some of those eastern schools, even Michigan recently, have been producing some good football products, but still nothing compared to the south where North Carolina resides. Despite not having as good recruiting grounds due to TV deals, large fan bases, and also just great maneuvering and great, I'd say, foresight, seeing into the future by the Big Ten, they're growing. The ACC is shrinking. They're adding Stanford, Cal, and SMU to the conference, which only weakens their football reputation. It might give them some safety and some extra revenue, but from a football product standpoint on its own, that wasn't a great move. The ACC is closer to dying than thriving, although I think that will be in the long term due to their grant of rights deal and the fact that they were still better off than the Pac-12 and the Big 12 before major realignment began, of course, in the 2022 preseason and 2021 preseason with Texas, Oklahoma, USC, and UCLA moving to the SEC and the Big 10. North Carolina, to get back more on topic, I think they have a good coach, at least by reputation in Mac Brown, though I think in the present he's very overrated. I think he's old. I think the game has passed him by. It's no disrespect to him. He was a great elite coach at Texas, elite coach at North Carolina in his first tenure. But right now, I think he's living off of the fact that he is an elite recruiter. He's living off of his reputation. And he's living off of playing, honestly, in a weaker conference than the Big Ten. And yet, still, in my opinion, in 2020, in 2021, he underachieved. And in 2022, he overachieved relative to preseason expectations. 
he probably underachieved in retrospect of the talent that he had in his roster at wide receiver, running back, quarterback. The offensive line was also a mess, and the defense was a disaster. So different programs. I do want to give UNC credit, though, before I continue this video. Their offenses have been legendary. They know how to recruit quarterbacks, and Drake May Drake May and Ethan Kaliak-Manis are opposites. Kaliak-Manis has not been impressive. He hasn't been good. Drake May is pure first-round NFL draft material. He is like franchise quarterback level. So both of these programs have many differences, and I just love to talk about the fact that this is a first-time matchup. These are two teams who, in my mind, are totally different, and it's awesome. This is what the Big Ten, the ACC, the SEC, the former Pac-12, I say former because it's going to die inevitably, the Big 12, the Mountain West, the Sun Belt, also known as the Fun Belt, this is what college football is all about. This game will be played in Keenan Stadium. Minnesota and North Carolina play polar opposite styles of football as I already talked about. North Carolina is all about the spread under Phil Longo, it was all about the air raid, but it was pretty close. You know, the air raid is sometimes, I think, considered a variant of the spread, if I'm not wrong. Um, but no defense for North Carolina. Defense has not been a thing under Mac Brown. However, for Minnesota, they love to run a pro spread, spread option look. And on defense, they're elite. But on offense, despite the fact that I just mentioned the word spread, they really just like to run it. It's just the spread is more about the, the type of formation they use, but they like to run it, chew clock, limit quarterback play, limit possessions. It's very rare that Minnesota scores often. I thought because of Muhammad Ibrahim leaving, of Kaliak Manis's ceiling, the offensive line returning some key pieces and nurturing guys, and the wide receiver core bringing in key transfers and returning key players like Brevin Spanford at tight end, Corey Crooms, Elijah Spencer, and running back Sean Tyler were some incoming transfers on offense that I think would help the passing game take off. Minnesota last week against Eastern Michigan returned to that same traditional formula, a formula that couldn't work against Nebraska due to a variety of things, um, but they tried the other formula against Nebraska as well, and that didn't work either, which was pass-heavy and changing the identity of the offense. So whatever scheme that Minnesota uses in this matchup, that's sort of an unknown. I can guess what they're going to do, but with that, that personnel change compared to previous years and their deep wide receiver room and also the fact that their O-line and run game and running back room is not set yet, Minnesota could come in this game and with North Carolina's defensive struggles, they could think that passing it heavy would be the best method to win, that running heavy would be the best method to win, that you know balancing it out would be the best method to win. And you could, I mean, those are just broad perspectives, of course. You could, you could even narrow it down to specific play calls or specific matchups. Although at that point, I think that you'd probably favor the run game, if I'm being honest, looking at the Appalachian State game against North Carolina last week. Despite that struggle, the Tar Heels won in the same way that Minnesota had a clutch win against Nebraska in Week 1, and they pulled away from Eastern Michigan eventually. The Tar Heels are given a 72.9% chance to win. 
They're favored by 7.5 points. Both teams are 2-0. and Both teams are top 50 in terms of football power index. North Carolina started out the year, I believe, in the top 25. They dropped after their close win over Appalachian State. Minnesota started off near 40, if not inside the top 30. However, all in all, they dropped due to performances against Nebraska and also against Eastern Michigan. So UNC is a favorite. A lot of this has to do with the fact that, of course, it's a road game for Minnesota. They're traveling one time zone, several hours, obviously, by flight to an environment that's different. The climate in North Carolina is different than Minnesota. More humidity, more warmth. I don't know if there's a different style of turf for North Carolina compared to the one that Minnesota plays on at home. I don't know about that, but there are a variety of factors that point in North Carolina's direction with the fact that their stadiums are just very far apart. And this is also a new environment for Minnesota, for the players, for the entire Gopher program, and same for UNC on a different level. They've never played Minnesota before. They've rarely played a team this physical. In fact, I want to quickly pour through Mac Brown's second tenure at North Carolina. I don't think they have played anyone outside of maybe 2019 Clemson in Mac Brown's first year that has probably been, or maybe Notre Dame in 2020, or Notre Dame in also 21 and 22, that has been as physical as Minnesota has. Notre Dame is a very physical football team. If you count them in the ACC, because they're a part of the ACC in every sport except for football where they're an independent, then I think you could say Notre Dame's probably the most physical team in the ACC with their offensive line, their run game, etc., And Notre Dame right now, starting back in 2020, has a three-game win streak over the Tar Heels. They do not play this season, though, but Notre Dame has pounded North Carolina basically every time they've played. They have just destroyed them on the ground, and with that offensive line and the trench advantage, and also Notre Dame's defense just being a more stout, disciplined, and talented unit, who's also schemed to be better and schemed to the benefit of the players. Um, I look at this game, and I think that North Carolina has the advantages at, I would say, the popular positions, the P-squareds. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Special teams isn't a popular position, though. I'll give that to North Carolina. They have better special teams than Minnesota does. Both have questions at kicker, But Minnesota kicker is probably their best position on special teams right now. They're ranked 130th in special teams efficiency, according to ESPN. North Carolina's at 120. So both special teams units are not good by any stretch of the imagination. But North Carolina has an edge at special teams. The the Tar Heels at quarterback have Drake May. May has thrown two touchdown passes, two interceptions, so far this year, both were against South Carolina. And he's the second best quarterback in the nation in terms of NFL talent behind Caleb Williams. I'd right now put him as the nation's third best quarterback. This is mostly off of my preseason list, which so far hasn't changed because we've only played in two games. If there have been changes, it's been, you know, Drew Aller and Quinn Ewers because they've been impressive. They've risen. 
but in the preseason, I had Williams at number one, Jalen Daniels from Kansas at number two, and Drake May at three. May obviously has a bigger upside than Daniels does, but I think that Daniels... I don't know what it is about Daniels per se. I think I just like how he plays better, and I think that that Kansas offense is a better offense for him than this North Carolina one is for Drake May. I think that Daniels is a better supporting cast last year and this year, and that's making him a better college quarterback. It's just my opinion, though. I think Drake May will be the better NFL prospect. May has 477 passing yards. He has a 141.4 passer rating. He averages 7.7 yards per pass attempt. And May is, he comes from an athletic family. I think all of his siblings played at North Carolina or at college institutions in their respective sports, whether it be basketball, baseball. I think May played basketball, but decided to play football. 6'4", 230 pounds. He's definitely better than Ethan Kaliak-Manis. Kaliak-Manis also has a big frame. He's 6'4", 210, but he has nowhere near the intangibles the patience, the pocket presence, the arm strength. He just isn't as good at Drake May at basically everything. North Carolina has a wild advantage at quarterback over Minnesota. Running back was very close. Minnesota has Sean Tyler, Darius Taylor, and Bryce Williams. They have a deep running back room. But I've been impressed with British Brooks, Omarion Hampton, um, Caleb Hood, I think at least I saw, according to Action Network, was dealing with an injury. And there's also Elijah Green, who's a redshirt junior. I think that I think that Minnesota, while I think there's more upside potentially in that running back room, I think North Carolina's is more proven. British Brooks had a great game against South Carolina. Omari and Hampton had a phenomenal performance against Appalachian State. And I like this running back room for both schools but I would give UNC a slight edge here. Wide receiver was similar. I know that Kobe Pesor, Gavin Blackwell, um, Andre Green, J.J. Jones, and Nate McCullum are good wide receivers. If Devontae Walker was playing, that would be a runaway for North Carolina, but he's not. That's obviously hindered them. That's a player where you, I mean, you shouldn't obsessively game plan around one single player, but He's He was going to be their number one wide receiver, so they're definitely having to adjust their expectations for the offense and also what they can do schematically and play style without him. Minnesota has Chris Altman-Bell, Daniel Jackson, Corey Crooms, Elijah Spencer, who is a 1,000-yard receiver at Charlotte, Lameke Brockington, and Christian Hoskins. Daniel Jackson has phenomenal footwork, awareness. He caught the 4th and ten. Um, touchdown pass to win the game against Nebraska to tie the game, but if he drops that pass, Nebraska inevitably wins. Minnesota also has great wide receivers, but I think North Carolina's are more talented, more explosive. At tight end and for defense and trench play, I think the Gophers have a big edge. Brevin Spanford and Nick Callerup are great blockers. Spanford is a great receiving threat, whether short, medium, or deep. North Carolina does not have that same dual ability or dual threat at tight end. They have John Copenhaver, Kamari Morales. Um, Copenhaver has three receptions for, I think, around 70 yards, actually 52. 
but he's still averaging nearly 20 yards per reception. He has one receiving touchdown. So they have a receiving threat there in Copenhagen and Morales, Nesbitt. They have 46 and 31 receiving yards each as well. I trust Minnesota's tight ends more, though. Nick Callerup was one of the best blocking tight ends in the nation last season, and I I look at Minnesota and what they do on offense, and it's it's all tight ends, all offensive line. Um, Nathan Bowie, Tyler Cooper, Martez Lewis, Quinn Carroll, Ariante Arasi, that group of five looked amazing, albeit against Eastern Michigan, but they, I think, made strides from Nebraska to Eastern Michigan. This unit is going to get better as the year goes on. Offensive line, you have five players in that one position group, so, you know, the more players you have, the more chemistry is important, because, and the more communication is important, and those things get better over time. These are fixable things. Um, so I'm not worried about Minnesota's offensive line whatsoever. I will say what offensive line I do have some concerns about. This is more due to last year. So far, North Carolina's offensive line looks better this year than it did last year. But there are some concerns given that last year, Drake May, he was sacked 40 times. And Ed Ed Montillas, um, Corey, Corey Gaynor, Spencer Rowland, those are all graduates, so there's tons of experience on the O-line. And Willie Lampkin, an incoming transfer, and William Barnes are seniors. So I imagine that this room, being very experienced, is going to play at their best potential. I think it's a better O-line than last year. Again, I want to reemphasize that. But I think that both on O-line and D-line, Minnesota has an advantage. Minnesota has a player in Kyler Baugh, at the defensive line, who I think is great. I had him, I believe, as an honorable mention All-Big Ten guy. He currently has two sacks, six total tackles, and a pass defended. Minnesota right now has seven sacks. That's not typical for two games. That's not typical for a Joe Rossi defense. Joe Rossi's defenses are typically be conservative, let the opponent make mistakes, get interceptions, get pass deflections, Solid tackling, but not behind the line of scrimmage. This Minnesota defense, I think, is more aggressive and has a higher upside than what we typically see when it comes to pass rush and also you know, pushing opponents' offensive lines at the point of attack. It's a very good defensive line. At linebacker, especially defensive back, the Golden Gophers have a great edge. At defensive back, Storm Duck and Tony Grimes, who are all ACC players, I believe, left the Tar Heels via the portal. Grimes is at A&M. Duck is at Louisville. Almost said Louisiana. That would have been weird. Um, They have questions at secondary. When facing Spencer Rattler in the neutral site in the week one game where I foolishly picked North Carolina to lose, Spencer Rattler on 39 attempts at 353 passing yards. That's a concern. Because Rattler had all the pressure in the world put on him. He was sacked nine times. And he had negative 22, negative 22 rushing yards total. And that was with him scrambling. He had a long scramble of 15. He was running for his life. And when he wasn't sacked, on average, he threw for nine or 10 yards. And 
really threw for like more 11 yards per pass completion, not just pass attempt. So there are some concerns at secondary. I know that Appalachian State, whether it was through the ground game or through the air, was able to attack this North Carolina secondary. Minnesota's pass offense has not been good, mainly due to Kaliak Manis' play, but also due to the fact that against Nebraska, they faced a competent secondary. And I don't know if I can say the same about North Carolina's secondary. But at linebacker, Minnesota has Cody Lindenberg. Great player, great leader, could totally be Minnesota's MVP on the defensive side of the football. So I think that there are four position advantages for UNC, six for Minnesota. I do think Minnesota has the better head coach, the better defensive coordinator, the better strength and conditioning staff. I do think that the Tar Heels, though, do have the better offensive staff. And Chip Lindsey is a very great, underrated offensive coordinator, that's for sure. Some players to watch uh, for Minnesota, it's definitely Darius Taylor. He had a great game against Eastern Michigan. He's coming into form. He had a Michigan offer out of high school and was from the state of Michigan, from Detroit. 5'11", 195 pounds, already very mature. Averaged nearly six yards per carry against the Eagles and ran for 196, 93 yards. He had one carry for three yards against Nebraska. He also had 13 receiving yards, and he did have one rushing touchdown. Breakout game for sure. Definitely a great running back. And then in front of him, at least currently reporting on the depth chart, but that depth chart's a week old. I imagine it's changed. It's on ourlads.com. We do have Sean Tyler. Sean Tyler on the year is 134 yards on 27 carries, and he's averaging five yards per carry. In his career, he had over 2,800 yards rushing and 23 rushing touchdowns at Western Michigan. So there is speed at the running back position. Darius Taylor is definitely more of the bruising back who fits Minnesota. Sean Tyler is more of a home run hitter. I'm looking for Darius Taylor to, I mean, in this game, literally with this defense and how they allowed five yards per carry rushing against Appalachian State, which isn't good. UNC's rushing yards allowed is very deceptive. On average, they only allow 108.5 yards per game. Well, if you factored out sacks, that would, I'd say, probably increase to 150, 160 rushing yards allowed per game because sacks are factored into rushing yards. If you just looked just looked at Appalachian State, the Mountaineers ran for around 250 yards. Actually, it was closer to 220. They allowed 219 rushing yards, averaged five yards per carry, and they had two rushing touchdowns. I mean, that is, it's nuts to go from North Carolina's defense per every time that South Carolina ran the football South Carolina lost yardage on average, and then to allow five yards rushing to Appalachian State, who's a good group of five team, but still a group of five team nonetheless, is very startling. And that tells me that South Carolina's offensive line is awful, which is why I think, side note, it's foolish to think they will cover against Georgia. Georgia will blow that team out. It, I wouldn't shock me if it was 49 to nothing was the final score. They're not doing anything against Georgia. Anyway, to get back to this game, Darius Taylor could have anywhere from 30 to 40 
carries for like 250 yards in this type of game and just control the game from start to finish. That's the game Darius Taylor could have against a UNC defense who I personally think not holding back is the opposite of their offense. North Carolina's offense is, it's good, it's explosive, it has a high ceiling, a lot of potential. They try to be creative. It worked against them when they played the Mountaineers. They tried Wildcat on a fourth down and a third and short, and it backfired, which tells me their offensive line isn't that good, and also that Appalachian State's defensive coordinator head coach were able to read the play with ease. But the offense, there's a lot to like about UNC's offense. The defense is soft. And I think a running back like Darius Taylor or even quarterback Ethan Kaliak Manis in his passing game could take advantage of that. Speaking of the passing game, Drake May for the Tar Heels. I think that May has to be put up here, even with Omari and Hampton and British Brooks. And the fact that Minnesota so far allows more rushing yards per game than passing yards which is nuts. They allow less than 100 passing yards per game, and they're allowing 131 rushing yards per game. Though that's because Nebraska doesn't have a quarterback, a true quarterback currently starting, but they do have a good running back room, and Eastern Michigan ran a balanced attack. And also Minnesota's secondary is one of the best in the country. Meanwhile, their front six, front seven is just great. It's not elite like their secondary is. But... Drake May is the best player for UNC overall. He's an impact guy. He can make the perfect throw, play the perfect game, and I don't think going run heavy against Minnesota will be enough because that defense under Joe Rossi will eventually bow up or they'll figure out a way to stop the run, and then it's on your passing game. Plus, I think that given the style of play that UNC has adopted, I think that Drake May will be involved as a heavy component as he should be in every matchup. So Darius Taylor for Minnesota and Drake May for North Carolina are my players to watch. My prediction for this game is Minnesota not only covers the spread, they have a major upset. Remember how I was talking about Notre Dame earlier in this video and how if you included them in the ACC, they'd probably be on average the most physical team this decade, like starting in 2020 up on out most physical team. In fact, if you only count physicality as how good your trench play is, they might have even been more physical in one realm than Clemson in 2019. Don't want to say 2018 because that defense was phenomenal and they won the national title, but Clemson was known for winning national titles in spite of not having an elite offensive line because they had a great defensive line, great defense, and generational talent at quarterback. Now they don't have that elite D-line or generational talent at quarterback, and Dabo Sweeney's being stubborn. But Minnesota is so much more physical than North Carolina is, and I think they're going to control the game for, from start to finish. Taylor and Tyler were, will rush for 225 or more yards, and Kaliak Manis will pass for 200, which sounds insane, but North Carolina's defense I think is going to be aggressive, and they're going to try and stop this run game which will be very frustrating to deal with, and that will open up opportunities for Kaliak Manis to hit Spanford and, you know, Crooms or Daniel Jackson, who are nightmare mismatches for a weaker defense, and hit hit them for big gains. North Carolina can totally win. There's a reason they're the favorite, 
And if Minnesota's run defense can't stop North Carolina and Omari and Hampton and British Brooks from running the ball, this score prediction could be inverted, and I could see that happening as well. Both defenses, for now, well, Minnesota's, for North Carolina's, I don't know, but I get the hint that North Carolina's defense is also weak at stopping the run in a similar way that they're weak in stopping the pass, but I do think their secondary is worse than their front in the inverse for Minnesota, where their front is worse than their secondary. I think P.J. Fleck and Minnesota football expect this win, but it would shock college football if this prediction follows through. North Carolina's defense has struggled against the run. I think we all know they struggle against the pass. That's why I wrote what I wrote for North Carolina's first bullet point. Drake May and the running backs will be great. I expect North Carolina to get a lot of yards, have opportunities to win this game for all four quarters, but it won't be enough. The defense has to step up. Whether they were juiced against South Carolina or down against Appalachian State or whatever combination happened, they have to play like they did against South Carolina and at their highest level to stop a physical team like Minnesota, and I don't think that's going to happen. So 38-27, I think Minnesota comes out on top. Minnesota so far this year has only scored 38 points in total on offense, and I did get ridiculed, and rightfully so, for picking them to beat Nebraska 38-17 earlier in the year, but even in the preseason, I probably would have told you that Nebraska would have had a much better defense than USC. And for a fact, my power rankings would have shown that Nebraska would have had a better defense than US, UNC. UNC's defense is very questionable. I don't think they're good. I know they got nine sacks against South Carolina, but then to do what they did against Appalachian State, that draws more questions for their front and for the entirety of South Carolina football, more than it draws praise for UNC. So Minnesota wins, they get an upset and continue the theme of upsets in week three. And I know I haven't predicted many upsets this week, but I have left open the possibility that, you know, Michigan State or Illinois beat Washington and Penn State respectively. And there is a good chance those teams win, but there are just so many mismatches in favor of those top 10 teams, even though they're going on the road. This game is a closer game. Minnesota, I think, is better than Illinois. They're close to Michigan State, could be better. And North Carolina is nowhere near as good as Washington or Penn State are. Thank you to my patrons for sponsoring this video and for supporting this channel. If you're curious about getting some extra content, you can check the link to my Patreon page down in the description below. Also, make sure to subscribe, hit the notification bell, and comment your thoughts on this video down below. Thank you to Spencer Bringhurst, my All-American patron, and Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, and Matthew Sale, my All-Conference patrons. Comment your thoughts on this game down below, and like this video if you haven't already. Have a great day, guys.